Hi, this is the ProExam with today's know-how. This week's topic is protecting assets for the expat family. Um, since 2016, exchange of information has been uh, coming in. And what that, what that means is that um, it, there's increasing pressure being applied uh, through banks, investment companies, pension companies, uh, on property transactions and business transactions um, for, for verification. And, and everyone needs a, a tax residency. So for expats that might have wanted to live a, a nomad life in the past, they can still do that, but you do need to have a tax residency somewhere for your banks, for your investments, your savings, your residency purposes, your business, your business location, and for social insurance and medical benefits. And, uh, and this is for individuals and for business. Um, and so the world has, has changed, it's tightened up. And uh, what, it, what it gives us is uh, the, the owner of any assets it, it is, belongs and is attached to a tax residence. So if you've got pension income or property ownership or property income or investment ownership or a business, then that ties you to whoever is the, the holder of that asset. And that could be an individual or a, a, a business. Uh, Cross-border gives you risks. So when an expat leaves the home country uh, to live in a, a second location or owns property overseas, a holiday home, that brings two tax jurisdictions into place. And, and one of them could apply a different uh, set of tax rules to the home country. Um, that, that other jurisdiction could apply a higher rate or a lower rate and there could be an advantage for the expat in, in which they choose to, to use. So uh, th these are the, uh, the essence and the issues at the heart of tax planning for, for expats. Uh, whether it's for business or property, it's a probate, uh, which is set settling somebody's affairs after they've died. They still, the ownership of the property or the business or the investment passes to uh, an estate with a separate tax residency subject to rules abroad. Or it could be that they need long-term care. Um, there's two countries involved and two lots of tax rules to, to consider. Uh, we've all seen in lockdown how the, uh, when lockdown happens in 2020, how the, those restrictions have impacted expats quite greatly. It means that they've had to relocate through work or they've not been able to maintain a, a, a non-resident status or earning status and it has a, quite a severe impact on their tax. So how could they have better protected those assets in the first place to avoid those, those sort of issues? And, and this is, the topics that we're going to be discussing here um, this morning in the webinar. So um, let, let's look at some of those issues. First of all, if the individual owns the assets, um, the assets are being taxed where you are. Um, so if, if you are an individual and you're a contractor and uh, working in that jurisdiction, then uh, the, your earnings are taxed in your country of tax residence. It doesn't matter if you're necessarily, if you're doing the work elsewhere. So if you're a self-employed contractor,
future, your tax will arise essentially in your tax residence unless you, you've got a, a, a temporary residence for, to carry out that work. I, I wish I hadn't gone into that complication. But generally I'm saying that as an individual, you're taxed where, where you are on, on the things that, that, that you own. Uh, generally, they're called movable assets or immovable assets. So uh, a bank account, a dividend income, are classed as movable assets and as an individual they're taxed in the country of your tax residence um, but there are also fixed assets and fixed assets are always taxed in the country where they are and an obvious example of a fixed asset is, is a property but also a company or shares of fixed assets in the country in which they are so they'll be subject to those local taxes so a UK expat relocating abroad um, can still be subject to capital gains taxes on uh, their service company uh, based in the UK if there is uh, a disposal or capital gains liability or potentially even uh, a corporation tax uh, liability. So that's something that needs to be uh, considered in the arrangements cross-border. There is double taxation treaties between different jurisdictions and this helps in the process a great deal. A, a double taxation treaties are under international conventions, there is a standard format but each one is, is varied slightly country by country. Each double taxation treaty is a bilateral agreement between two jurisdictions. So for example with the EU it's irrelevant for tax uh, generally. Um, because any double taxation treaty is between two separate countries. So before and after Brexit, the UK still has individual double taxation treaties between each jurisdiction uh, in, in the EU. And, uh, and they're each slightly different, or they're all based upon the same basic laws. And, and some of them are updated um, uh, recently, some of them are a bit older. So it, it's, again, the rules change from time to time and this regular review is something that we do for our clients, for our retained clients by keeping them informed of changes that are impacting on them. But the general principle of a double taxation treaty is you're not going to get taxed twice. Um, so that's the first rule, so protect yourself under the double taxation treaty. But depending on who owns the assets, whether it's an individual or a, 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 an organisation, the uh, whether it's a fixed asset or a movable asset depends about where the tax is going to be and if it's going to be another jurisdiction that means you could end up paying more tax um, in your home in your home country even though you're living abroad more tax in the country where you're carrying out the contract to work for a short period of time so how do we get around these well uh, as we're seeing with brexit uh, a company can organize itself to to enter uh, trade in another country, um, either by creating a branch or creating a, a subsidiary in that country, and and that this will give you uh, a, a, a sort of a tax residency in that base. So you see, for example, uh, on the British High Streets, HSBC Bank, that's a global bank, the biggest bank in the world, um, and they've reformulated a, a business called. HSBC UK, which is their UK banking business only. It's not their uh, the banking business of their other jurisdictions. So this is how they get around the, the, the rules and regulations and they manage that. 
and for British companies post-Brexit would consider having uh, an EU subsidiary which would be subject to uh, EU rules to make their life uh, a bit easier. So EasyJet, for example, created an Austrian subsidiary uh, based in the EU for post-Brexit times. Um, so uh, 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 companies can operate branches or they can operate um, uh, a, a, a subsidiary in another jurisdiction. Uh, but there's, there's still your individual tax residence and your individual assets. If you own a property, if that title deed is in your name, then it, it's taxed for you. So if you sell a property in Cyprus, there's a 20% capital gains liability. If you sell um, a property that, that is, is not your own and main residence in the UK, then you've got a 28% capital gains liability. And for expats that are owning and renting UK property, it's a mute point where they can claim it's their main residence if they're using it as a commercial let. Uh, they're very likely to be hit with a 28% liability uh, because from April 2020, the tax, uh, uh, the capital gains is assessed at the time of sale and payable within 30 days of the sale. So it's not quite uh, as rigid as some countries, but essentially when you sell property, the tax becomes due straight away. Um, if you overpay, then you can claim that back in your tax return at the end of the year. But expats will find disposing of rental property going forward that they pay the tax and then negotiate the rebate with, with the revenue going forward. So I can avoid this. Well, one of the ways to avoid a capital gains tax is, is, is not to dispose of the asset. And uh, here is, lies some opportunities for expats living and working abroad. Um, so if a, 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 a corporation is used to own assets, um, the, the uh, corporation shares can be sold, which might be at a lower value to the underlying assets of the business. So when a business is sold, the, the share value is assessed for capital gains, but not necessarily the, the underlying value of assets. Now that's not entirely true with UK property, but uh, it is a, a bit of an opportunity that's available for other assets in other jurisdictions. Um, but don't forget that inheritance tax is also a, a, a capital gains tax. An inheritance tax is charged either on the estate that, that's died or it's on the, the people they inherit. But even so, if, you, if you're owning assets across border, uh, if you die, or if you get sick, or if you're going to care, or if you dispose of that asset, you've got a, an inheritance tax or a capital gains tax liability that is accessible because you as an individual are owning that asset. Now you as an individual might not want to have a half million villa or two million London house in your personal name to get subject to 40% inheritance tax on death. You want to enjoy the asset and live in it, uh, have holidays in it, or enjoy an income from it, but you don't actually need the two million to be in your individual name and subject to capital gains tax or to inheritance tax. So how do you get around that? Uh, you, you give the property away into another name. Now, with gifting uh, to family, um, you can lose control, and, uh, but if, if you're trusting of your family, and there's a, a close relationship, 
then a gift can work to, to transfer the value of the asset. But if you transfer from one individual to another, you're just deferring the liability, and that liability is remaining with the family. By using for, for family property and business across border, corporations or trusts, then you can hold the assets in one place and the asset doesn't need to be disposed of. And unless there is a real uh, choice to turn the property into cash or the business into cash, the property can then endure and it can survive down the generations for the benefit of children and grandchildren um, without incurring the capital gains tax. So in Cyprus, um, there, there is a capital gains tax on disposals of 20%. Uh, but if it's gifted to the family and held in trust, that disposal doesn't occur and it passes from generation to generation. It doesn't matter whether you sell it this year to go back to the UK or whether you sell it in 10 years' time. There's still, with Cyprus property, 20% capital gains tax on, on disposal. Um, so th 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 that gives it quite, quite a big advantage by holding it in the trust. It also avoids the cost of probate and administration, which can be very expensive and time-consuming. The average probate administration in the UK is nine months, and in Cyprus it's nearer two years, um, whereby uh, there's restrictions on being able to sell or, or own assets. Um, and the uh, if the parents, um, you know, if the father owns a property, dies, it gets gifted through the estate in Cyprus without capital gains tax. But then the children own that property and if they want to sell it straight away, they immediately get their capital gains tax liability. So they've had to wait and they still pay the capital gains tax anyway. There's no inheritance tax in Cyprus um, and there's no taxes on Cyprus trusts, uh, on Cyprus family trusts. So a, a Cyprus trust could be a basis for owning property across border, owning business, um, owning business companies, service companies, owning overseas property uh, to avoid capital gains tax and inheritance tax by avoiding the chargeable event. As we said at the beginning, the tax residency is down to the owner of the asset. If the owner is a, a trust or a company uh, rather than an individual, uh, the individual circumstances, whether that be bankruptcy, the need for care, uh, death, um, or, or just wanting to, to sell the asset, that individual's change of circumstances is not going to generate a capital gains tax liability, or at very worst, defer that liability. Um, with capital gains tax on UK property, uh, residential property now, unless it's your main home, 28%, there's some real tax hits for UK property owners as well as for uh, overseas property owners and businesses operating cross-border. Uh, we've seen as well with the UK with IR32. Now we don't know whether it will be implemented as it's planned next April. It was deferred from April 20 to April 21 but service companies uh, operating in the UK could suddenly be hit with uh, new taxes going from seven and a half percent dividend tax to a, a 45 percent income tax rate um, so again uh, operating from an overseas company or trust can mitigate those taxes 
and, and Cyprus International Trust can pay 0% tax. Uh, Cyprus inheritance tax is 0%. It's not that there is no inheritance tax, it's, it's 0%. So under the double taxation treaty, when you've got 0% tax, um, whether it's for non-DOM uh, dividend payments or whether it's for inheritance tax, um, that 0% tax assessment means that it can't be claimed as a taxable uh, event or item in, in the other country that's party to the double taxation treaty. So there's lots of opportunities there uh, for expats to avoid 40% inheritance tax, 20% capital gains tax, 28% on UK property uh, gains tax, and, and to operate your service company with, with a minimal tax rate, uh, depending on what that is. There are flat rate taxes in Portugal of 10%, Italy 15%, uh, Cyprus 5%, uh, there's a flat rate tax in the UK as well as 19%. So th there are ways to reduce the amount of tax that you pay and your overall limit of liability while retaining a tax residency so that you can make investments, pensions, property ownership and you can operate in this world of exchange of information. We've seen this move on dramatically this, this year with exchange of information, uh, governments gathering key data on people, their mobile phones, their fingerprints, their connections. All this information is gathered in um, and, and will be part of the future where exchange of information allows them to know who, where somebody is and uh, able to reconcile their tax declarations so that they're correct and proper for each person. So to protect uh, for expats to protect their assets overseas cross-border needs thinking ahead, planning ahead to own the assets that they need to and protect the other assets to avoid uh, higher income tax rates, uh, inheritance tax rates and capital gains tax rates going forward. So I hope you found that interesting. If you need any more information, follow our blogs. We'll run a repeat of this uh, uh, video later on. Uh, in the coming week and uh, you can get more information guidance at our website or contact us at productpartnership.com and we offer a free review for expats living and working abroad uh, to identify areas where we can help them uh, move forward with their tax residency overseas. So thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Um, go over to our website at productpartnership.com where you contact us if you want a free review or to ask us any questions and get some product know-how for family and business living and working abroad.